This podcast may contain strong language and references to violence. Listener discretion is advised. The citizens handbook. The citizens Kia ora no mai haere mai and welcome to the Citizen's Handbook podcast, the companion podcast to the Citizen's Handbook web series that you should watch. And if you haven't watched it, go do that right now. My name is Robbie, and this is a podcast for people who want to know about New Zealand but hate to read. So, we've invited a comedian and turned civics education into a game that someone can win. To make sure that nobody cheats, we've got a moderator called Finn. Finn, tell us how the game works. Okay, Robbie, I will. Thanks, Finn. Robbie and our guest are going to take turns explaining a topic to each other, but they're also going to sneak in three cheeky little lies. Whoever spots the most lies from the other person wins. Easy. Easy. Today, our special guest is Laura Daniel. Laura is one half of the music comedy duo Two Hearts, and we're going to be talking about the creation of the government we have today, a system that's never gone wrong and everyone thinks is great. I'm going to be talking about the provinces, and Laura will be talking about the Māori Parliament. There'll also be some lies to look for, hidden away like a sneaky 3D dolphin in a magic eye. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello, Robbie. Hi. How are you feeling? I'm feeling... I'm, I'm excited, ready to learn. Well, some of the things I'm going to teach you are blatant lies. Okay. So, you know, don't take it all in. Well, I, I came in with like a sense of trust, so... Give up on that. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, great. You're like, all the boys I've dated. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm going to tell you, Laura, about provinces. My tidings are on. Okay. New Zealand is united, by which I mean it isn't broken into states like countries that are not united, like the United States. We've got one central government, but for a long while that wasn't the case, and New Zealand was broken into bits. The colonisers stole Māori land and broke New Zealand into three provinces, called New Surrey, New Lancashire and New York. But for obvious reasons, New York became confusing. So they decided to go with New Munster, which was Wellington and the South Island, and New Ulster, which was everywhere else in the North Island. The provinces originally came into existence because Pākehā arrived in New Zealand and set up their settlements, and then those settlements grew as they stole more Māori land, and then they set up their own provincial governments. It was hard to set up a national government because New Zealand was big, and at this stage there were no roads and no post office and no telegrams and no Wi-Fi. Effectively, if you wanted to tell everyone what to do from Wellington, it was quite hard to get your message across. There were attempts to make the provinces less dismissive of the land they had stolen, and not just from Māori. On the other side of the world, in 1852, the British had passed the Constitution Act, which told the colonisers to create native districts within the provinces, where Māori tikanga would apply instead of provincial law. Instead of doing that, the colonisers chose to not. Then the British passed the Native Districts Act of 1857, which said the provincial laws wouldn't apply in areas where Māori land ownership had not yet been extinguished. Instead of doing that, the colonisers chose to, again, not. The provincial governments were making a lot of money stealing Māori land and selling it to new colonisers. And in Otago, the provincial government was making a huge amount of money from gold. There was no way it would ever run out. And then, it did! 
Eventually, the provinces started running out of land to steal and sell, and they started borrowing money hand over fist. Auckland borrowed £3 million to fund their war to steal land throughout Waikato, but they never made their money back. Meanwhile, New Zealand was also becoming more connected. There was the Post Office Act in 1858, and people started getting mail. Then the clocks were standardised in 1868, so time stopped jumping about. The only holdout at the time was Southland, who had longer daylight hours and wanted to be one hour behind the rest of New Zealand. This was the beginning of a grand tradition of being behind the times that has continued in Southland to this day. Then there was a telegram service that connected Wellington to the South Island, and eventually Auckland was included too, even though it's filled with Aucklanders. As New Zealand became more connected, the General Assembly in Wellington started to get more and more power. And eventually they said, OK, that's it. Provinces aren't allowed to borrow money anymore. You're making New Zealand look bad. Every province except Otago and Canterbury were struggling to pay the bills. Southland had given up completely and had to collapse into Otago. Marlborough also gave up and became part of Nelson and started getting supplementary grants from the colonial government. Julius Vogel, as Premier, borrowed money centrally and doled it out to the provinces to build roads and pay for immigration. But a lot of provinces weren't very good at that either, so increasingly the central government just sort of took care of everything. In 1875, Vogel proposed abolishing the provinces altogether, which was a real kick in the teeth for Westland, who'd only just managed to become a province two years earlier, that effectively arrived at the party a few minutes before the cops turned up. But Westland agreed it was probably a good idea, as did everyone else, except Auckland and Otago. Otago was super rich because of all the gold, and Auckland was super rich because they'd built a bridge in 1870, connecting the city to the North Shore, which had been really good for their economy. So, because Otago and Auckland wanted to do their own thing, everyone agreed they'd wait until after the next election and decide then, and at the next election, Vogel was re-elected as Premier and the provinces were abolished and central government took full control. The provinces still existed as regions, but there was no provincial government, only local government and central government and nothing in between, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> and that's the story of provinces. That's how provinces happened. Okay, so right off the bat, I was like, you're lying to me straight away with all that New York chat. But I have a tendency of jumping the gun uh, because you were like, <laughs> there was split into three provinces, whereas I'm pretty sure it was split into two. But then you did correct yourself and said, and that's because New York is a silly name, right? Yeah, I said there are three provinces called New Surrey, New Lancashire and New York. And then New York became confusing. So they decided to go with New Munster and New Ulster. To be honest, I have no idea about the rest of them. So I'm just going to say the New York thing's weird. So we got an official accusation from Laura yeah. mm -hmm. that the New Zealand province of New York is a lie. <laughs> that is what I'm saying. That is correct. Yep, that is. And can I just say I'm yeah. shocked, Robbie, that you would lie to me so soon into your story. I thought sneaking in a lie early was a good move because it's like he wouldn't lie yet. Yeah, so New Surrey, New Lancashire and New York are all made up. N none of those existed. Right, okay. The real names are New Munster, New Ulster, and New Leinster, which uh, I think it's Leinster or Leinster. I'm not sure. Leinster. Mm. So, yeah, initially they were called that, and then they got rid of New Leinster. Great. Maybe because nobody knew how to say it. Yeah. Um, then well, you said something, a little little, little piece after that, about mm. um, multiple governments. Oh, yeah, I said the settlements grew, and they set up their own provincial governments. 
I said that. Provincial governments. Okay, so that's... My little brain uh, went to that there was one settler's government and they kind of just effed with everyone. But maybe there were little councils around the place over the provinces, but um, I, I, yeah, I'll lock that in because that's the only All other right. thing that was weird to me. So the accusation is that Robbie's lying about the provincial governments existing. Yeah. That particular accusation is incorrect. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> fair shake. You know, yeah. that's all right. To be honest, it's kind of murky how the central government came into existence. To begin with, there's just like a bunch of British people being like, this is a colony now. And then they're kind of like, oh, now there's a general assembly and we're meeting. And now Wellington's a capital and we believe that. Uh, and now we've got MPs and this is the government now, everybody. This yeah. is it. It's quite a vague shift. So essentially everyone was making rules around the place. Yeah. But uh, no one could talk to each other to be like, hey, we've decided on this. You guys should collab with us. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that makes sense because, you know, old time, no phones. Old time, no, no phones. Yeah, got it. <laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> Any other bits you want me to reread? Uh, yeah, the, uh, you said the behind the times about how Southland wanted to be an hour later than uh, the North Island. I said, oh, yeah, I said they wanted to be an hour behind the rest of New Zealand, which was a grand tradi- tradition of them being behind the times. Yeah, so I want to question that. Uh, did that saying really come from the fact that they wanted to be like an hour later? That accusation is correct. <gasps> Whoa! You... Guys, I've never felt more smart <laughs> in this moment right now. Robbie, Robbie apparently made up a fact about Southland and then bullied them about it. Yeah. That is 100% what I did. It's very unfair. It was, it was a lazy provincial stereotype based on absolutely nothing but a lie <laughs> that I also made up. Round one has ended with Laura on two points and uh, Congratulations. one Thank you. lie still buried in there somewhere. Why don't you tell us what the uh, third lie was? Okay, the third lie was that Auckland and Otago didn't want to join ne- oh, the rest of the country yeah. because Auckland and Otago were rich. O- I, I did yes. think that was weird. Otago was super rich, and they didn't want to join because they had They're heaps gold. of gold. Shantytown. Is that where Shantytown is? Yeah. I went there when I was nine. I got a speck of did gold. You, did you pan? I did pan. Um, Otago didn't want to join because they were super rich. Auckland didn't want to join either, but it wasn't because they were super rich. They were actually really poor. And also, I said uh, Auckland was super rich because they'd built a bridge mm. in 1870, but there was no bridge until 1959. So that was... You know what? Like, that did resonate with me as being weak. So now I feel quite dumb for not picking that one out, but... Well, I don't think you should, because you I, got two yeah, out of three. Yeah, and you're a dirty, filthy liar. And I'm a dirty, filthy liar who tricked you with words. <laughs> I'll never trust you again, so yeah. that's cool. Great. And first round ends with Laura in the lead. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, of course, right? Uh, Robbie, are you ready? I am ready. Well, I'm prepared. That's good, because I'm going to talk to you about the Māori Parliament. Okay. In the second half of the 1800s, British colonisation efforts really stepped up in New Zealand as more and more settlers arrived. Māori communities everywhere were facing more and more military violence, land confiscations and all these legal assaults on their culture. And throughout this whole period, Māori leaders are complaining to the settler government and going, hey, look, you signed this treaty with us agreeing to work together, but now you're trampling all over it. Do you see that? Pull yourselves together, mates. And time 
and time again, the settler government ignores them or gaslights them and says, what are you talking about? I haven't seen any treaty violations anywhere. You're just being crazy. Understandably, iwi start looking to each other and thinking about how they can present a united front to address all their shared grievances with the Crown. Because even though there are Māori seats in Parliament, it was only one seat for every 3,500 people, so they weren't very effective. One of these movements comes together in the Waikato, the Kinitanga, but that's a whole other story. Another one of these movements, though, was Māori Parliament set up in 1892 called Te Kotahitanga o Te Tiriti o Waitangi. The Union of the Treaty of Waitangi. They have their first meeting in Waipatu just outside of Hastings, and they meet every year for 10 years. This Māori parliament was loosely based off the Westminster system, so they had lower house Te Whare Oraro, who elected an upper house Te Whare Ariki. At the Māori parliament's second sitting, they pass a bill invoking the New Zealand Constitution Act 1852, which pretty explicitly allows Māori self-governance, and they agree, rightly enough, that they are fulfilling the terms of the Treaty of Waitangi and the Constitution Act. But every time they're asked to be officially recognised, the settler government does the 1890s equivalent of new phone, who dis? A Māori MP in the settler parliament, Honeheke Napua, introduces a bill called the Native Rights Bill to try and legislate for Māori self-governance, but unfortunately it comes up two votes short of passing. Obviously, the settler government won't recognise the Māori parliament because it's a huge threat to the Crown sovereignty in New Zealand. But the Crown can't keep ignoring them forever because they might have an uprising on their hands. So in 1902, in an effort to convince these iwi that nationwide tribunal unity was unnecessary, they introduced these things called Māori councils. The government's like, look, now you can have your own councils and you don't need to all get together in Parliament anymore. Yay! There was a condition, though. The Māori Parliament had to be dissolved. So Māori Parliament talks it over and agrees to disband and they merge with this new system of councils and get to work. The problem with the Māori councils, though, is that their operation is heavily constrained and guided by the state. Their main areas of responsibility are improving hygiene and curbing gambling, so not a lot. The councils didn't have much power to do anything else because A, they only have a narrow remit, and B, they basically got no money because the state gives them such a tiny amount of funding. The councils were abolished in 1945, at which point the settler government goes, oh wow, that's amazing, I honestly did not think you would last that long. King Tafail put it best when he wrote to the governor and said, quote, No matter how you may be addressed, you will not regard nor reciprocate. The Māori Parliament is just another example of how bad faith colonial pleas for cooperation are. And that is the story of the Māori Parliament. Not a fun story. No, it's not a fun story. But a story, story nonetheless. <laughs> Okay, mainly my guesses are not based on any historical knowledge, but just on words that stood out to me that you said at times. Okay. Um, Hygiene and gambling felt to me like a bit where I would make up a lie. So I'm going to very confidently assert that the Māori councils were not put in charge of hygiene and gambling, but were put in charge of something else instead. Equally minor, but different. That is... Incorrect. Darn darn it. They were actually in charge of trying to cut down on grog selling, was their third other one. But they were definitely in charge of the first two as well. Okay, so not a lot. Yeah, Robbie, just before you go any further, it's a good time to mention I did do three. Is it drama school? 
I've got right. a degree. I feel like that's playing a huge part here. Yeah. You're okay. not going to win it. So right. we could stop now. But do you want to have another I'd like go? to keep going. Okay, right. let's have another I understand. Go. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Totally that. fine. That's right. Is that okay with you? Right? I think it's really cute. You want to try. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Laura. <laughs> really appreciate that. Okay. The bit about two votes short. Could you re- reread that bit? Every time they're asked to be officially recognised, the settler government does the 1890s equivalent of new phone, who this? A Māori MP in the settler parliament, Honeheke Napua, introduces a bill called the Native Rights Bill to try and legislate for Māori self-governance. But unfortunately, it comes up two votes short of passing. Lie. Because I'm pretty sure while he was reading it, they all stood up and walked out. All the white people did. Uh, all right, that seems like a pretty clear accusation, and it is correct. Whoa. The Pakia MPs got up and walked out, and so Parliament lost its quorum, and they had to stop. Great. No, nice job, Settler Government. You did get a point, though, you so it's not really, all bad. You really delved into your white roots there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> we wouldn't let it get that far. Oh, oh that doesn't sound like my family. <laughs> so one for two. Okay. One last shot right. to draw up. Okay. Alongside Laura. Oh, gosh. Hit me, Robbie. I've Come on. all of it. It's a big part of We've it. We've got two big, juicy lies That's sloshing I... around. Just got to reach in and grab at one of them. Lovely imagery. Could you reread the bit about Māori councils and them dissolving Māori parliament? Sure. Obviously, the settler government won't officially recognise the Māori Parliament because it's a huge threat to Crown sovereignty in New Zealand. But the Crown can't just keep ignoring them forever because they might have an uprising on their hands. So in 1902, in an effort to convince these iwi that nationwide tribal unity was unnecessary, they introduced these things called the Māori Councils. There was a condition, though. The Māori Parliament had to be dissolved. So the Māori Parliament talks it over, agrees to disband, and merge with the new system of councils and get to work. Hmm, Okay. My accusation is that that's not why Māori Parliament was dissolved. I don't know what happened, but I feel like there's a decent chance you made up a, that as a reason that Māori Parliament was dissolved. That's my official accusation. No more time wasting. Tell me I'm definitely right. You are definitely wrong. Okay, oh. well, that is the other way it could have gone. <laughs> that is the alternative there. The councils were the uh, settler government's way of going, here you go, here's your representation. Look you at don't this need that here. other stuff anymore. What a horrible yeah. thing to do. Look, the whole story is it's, sad. It's just and one sad thing. To be honest, the lies are even sadder. Oh, yeah. no. So, the, so tell me that, yeah. So there must be two more lies sitting in there somewhere. Okay, I'm ready to be depressed. I'll reveal to you the lies. So I gave you a lie pretty early on when we were talking about... Uh, the amount of seats there were for Māori in Parliament. I said that there was only one seat for every um, 3,500 people. So that was actually the amount of seats they had for uh, Pākehā. So they had one Pākehā person in Parliament for every 3,500 people, and they had uh, one Māori seat to had to represent 12,500 people. Mm, that's a lot more. Yeah, so nearly <laughs> four times less representation compared to Pākehā people. Oh, dear. Yeah, so that's what I was saying about the lies a lot worse. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it sounds bad. Yeah. It's even worse than it initially sounded. Yeah. Oh, so what you're saying is I'm an optimist <laughs> oh, and an idiot. Well, no, you're just a white man. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't blame you. It's just your life. It's just a fact. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what's the other one? What's the other one? Similar to the first lie, it was just kind of more of a fact. When I said the Māori councils didn't have much power to do anything because they got such little funding, yeah. uh, the truth is that they got no funding whatsoever. <gasps> so they said, hey, dissolve your parliament. You can have councils instead. Yeah. Isn't that nice? By the way, they're not funded councils. Good luck out there. 
Exactly. Oh, what, you didn't make it. Oh, you, you, the councils didn't survive. That's an enormous surprise after we, we fought so hard. The only income the Māori councils got was fees from dog registrations and fines from unregistered dogs. Basically, the, the settler government had always wanted to clamp down on stray dogs. And so it was two birds with one stone for them. And they were like, well, let's let the Māori councils deal with those and we'll, we'll make them deal with it because that's the only money they'll be able to get. Yeah, and like no disrespect to dogs, but that's pretty shitty. <laughs> um, well, that's horrible. Yeah. I don't feel good for two reasons. Yeah, that was that was a quite a tricky lie, to be fair. Because, yeah, like both, said, both exaggeration lies. Very sneaky, Laura. What matters at the end of it is that I won and you <laughs> lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose that's true. That's Although, right. let's ch- tally the points up. <laughs> Find out for sure. Thank you for that introduction. I was just about to say it's time for, for my favourite part of the show, mm-hmm. which is tallying the points when Robbie has lost. Maybe. We don't know yet. Let's find <laughs> out where the points are. Um, round two has ended with Laura on two points. We're getting two of Robbie's come lies. On, come and on. on the other hand, Robbie on Here we go. Yes. one point. Damn it. Damn it. Laura That's has won this episode. Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. I haven't been prouder of myself for anything in my life. <laughs> I came into this, I was like, this is going to be too hard. But you know what? You, I think maybe, you overestimated me. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I'm a genius. Maybe yeah. that's what this is. I think yeah. that's you it. Know? I think that's no, absolutely the case. Um, oh, awesome. Okay, great. well, thank you so much, Laura, for joining us for this episode of the Citizen's Handbook on the new government. Thank you so much for being here, Laura. Thank you for having Thanks, me, Laura. boys. And congratulations. Thank you. The Citizen's If you liked this podcast, you'll love the web series, The Citizen's Handbook, and you can find it at rnz.co.nz. The Citizen's Handbook podcast was researched and written by Phineas Teppett and me, Robbie Nickel. It is produced by Izzy Walton and Kevin and Co. The technical producer is Tim Batt. RNZ supervising producer is Justin Gregory, and RNZ senior commissioner is Kay Elmers. Tim Watkin is RNZ's executive producer for podcasts and series. This podcast was made possible by the RNZ and NZ On Air Innovation Fund. You can subscribe to this and every other RNZ podcast at Apple, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Please give us a rating. That way other people get to hear about the show.